0: Also deconstructing the belief that our worth lies in our appearance and like that that's what we have to offer the world. A lot of times women are so highly reinforced in their appearance or in their weight loss. Like, have you lost weight? And you're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, you look so great. You look like you're doing so well. Right. So all of these comments definitely reinforce the idea that how we look is really important and is the most important thing.
1: Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and Hey there, thank you for joining us today. Today's guest is helping hundreds of people have a better relationship with food and their body. We talk with licensed therapist Alyssa Booth. Her mission is to help her clients say goodbye to restrictive diets and embrace the path of self-discovery and self compassion in this conversation we talk about how to nurture your well-being through health promoting behaviors uncover the roots of shame and anxiety that may be holding you back and how to start the journey of self-love empowerment and mind body wellness you are going to learn so much from this conversation Well, Alyssa, it is so great to have you here with us. Will you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Thank you for having me. My name is Alyssa Booth. I'm a licensed professional counselor and empowered body coach, and my ultimate w- mission is to help women heal their relationship with mind, food, and body. Um and so I do this in multiple different ways. So first is kind of like the education pieces we're going to be doing today. I love speaking. Um, and doing presentations in my community. Um, I own a virtual private practice that serves the state of Texas. And then I also do group coaching and one-on-one coaching through the Empowered Body Collective.
1: I love that. And tell us a little bit more about what the Empowered Body Collective is.
0: Yeah. So I really believe that there's so much power in a healing community of women, right? Where you get to just show up as you are, right where you are, um, and be accepted and be able to work on yourself through the healing process. I think a lot of times we feel very alone in our struggles and our thoughts. And I do a lot of one on one therapy. And I get a lot of people that tell me, Oh, my God, this sounds crazy, right? Or I know I sound crazy. Or I know that this is probably too much. Or I know that, you know, kind of all these assumptions that they have about themselves, they're like what other people are going to think about. And I'm just like, you know what, so many people are dealing with the same struggles, and I believe that shame thrives in secrecy, and so when we can come together and really talk about the hard stuff and get real with each other, um, not only does it make us feel safe inside ourselves, but also with a community, it makes us feel less, quote unquote, like crazy or like alone alone. Um, And it can be a really beautiful thing to see women coming together to not only work on healing themselves, but supporting themselves. So the group in and of itself is really just a safe space and community to come and heal their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, um, and then all of like the stressors, anxieties, and underlying traumas that kind of perpetuate
1: that. Do people tend to take the one-on-one option first and then go to the group option, or does it really matter which order it is? I
0: think some people are scared of the group because it's intimidating, Mm -hmm. right? I
1: mean, you don't essentially want
0: to show up to a bunch of, a group of strangers (laughs) that you don't know and be like, I have all these things going on. Um, So I find that it can be intimidating. I think that some people do really long for that sense of community. They've probably felt alone for a really long time. Or disconnected from people um, and especially like in the diet culture world there's a lot of communities within like the keto people or the CrossFit people or you know all these different things and so I think finding um, you know the tribe that we all long for the village that we all long for sometimes can be um, really really therapeutic and healing.
1: Um, as a licensed therapist what are some first steps that you take in this area to move people in the right direction?
0: So I like to have conversations with people. I think it all starts with being able to have conversations. And so um, just for me specifically, in both my therapy practice as well as my coaching practice, um, I offer consultation calls, um, like 15 to 20-minute consultation calls, because I think that people are one – Scared. It's just a vulnerable journey. Um, and I really believe that creating a safe connection initially is what is going to help people move forward through the process. And I personally think that I'm a very great therapist and coach and also know that I'm not the end all be all for everybody. So um, if someone says, you know what, I think I'm looking for something else or someone else or a different type of thing. Um, I like to help people to find those options and resources as well. So the first step is definitely reaching out and you know seeing what resources are out there to help support you. And I think most people offer some sort of consultation call these days. Mm-hmm.
1: And before we hit record, you did kind of mention why you went this direction. Can you tell everyone that? Yeah, so
0: I kind of had the... The luxury of knowing what I wanted to do for a very long time. I have always known that I wanted to be a counselor, and that's from just like my personal experiences in therapy myself. And it wasn't until college where a few of my friends were struggling with eating disorders, and that really inspired me to get into this work and just kind of dove into it. I mean, like, jumped into the deep end and did a lot of my practicum work at. The um, Eating Disorder Center at San Antonio, and really just enjoyed working with the population.
1: What do you hear from your audience on social media? Um, once people are following you, do they? What kind of questions are they asking, or or what are their main kind of pain points?
0: Um, I would say the biggest thing that comes up is body image. Okay, body image is probably one of my number one things that people struggle with. Right.
1: And, you know, I, as I hit uh, each year into my 40s, you know, your, your body just changes as we get into that perimenopause, menopause. So I'm in that category. But I know from uh, whether it be from after having a baby or uh, pre-pregnancy or all that kind of stuff, It is hard, but what would you say to someone who is struggling with that area?
0: First and foremost, I think you have to meet yourself where you are, right? Instead of being so upset about where you're not. I think a lot of it is also about deconstructing the beliefs of what the quote-unquote perfect body is um, because it doesn't exist. It's a social construct, and, you know, we've both been – through life long enough to know that that body ideal or standard continues to change and it will continue to change i mean and i hate to use the kardashians as our prime example but they're <laughs> so good they're such a great example right um of of the body changing right you know it was like the bbl and like curves and like now they're like slimming down and and that's what everybody wants and so we can kind of see that standard body, quote unquote, or the ideal body is ever changing. And it really doesn't exist. And I believe that it's all just a scam to get women to continue to hate their bodies for literally no reason when we live in perfectly healthy bodies. Um, and, you know, to continue to sell all of these diet products that honestly make us have worse relationships <laughs> with food and our bodies. Thanks. Um, and create more health problems than if we were to just be able to listen to and trust our bodies. Um, So that's a lot of deconstruction. And then I think the other part of it is also deconstructing the belief that our worth lies in our appearance and like that that's what we have to offer the world. Um, I feel like a lot of times women are so highly reinforced in their appearance or in their weight loss. Like, have you lost weight? Um, and, and you're like, oh yeah. And they're like, oh my God, you look so great. You look like you're doing so well. Right. So all of these comments definitely reinforce the idea that how we look is really important and is the most important thing and is what would, what we should be striving for and is the end all be all
1: of happiness and not. Right. I'm, I'm sadly nodding my head like, yes, I've, I've heard those conversations and just kind of felt like, oh, <laughs> why are we still talking about this? You know? <laughs> yes, yes,
0: I I, I know. And, and I have clients, I mean, my youngest client is 11 um, and my oldest client is in her 60s. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, we are looking at across the lifespan here of women hating their bodies for decades and decades and decades. And I hear, you know, people who ha- start having body image issues as young as six and seven years old. You know, so that's a whole life.
1: I, I know. I was just thinking the other day, my daughter, my youngest is 11, my oldest is 16. And I don't know, I, oh, I had my sister's old bridesmaid dress. And I was 12 years old when I wore this. And my youngest is 11 and I was thinking to myself, I have this aha moment. And I'm like, at that age, I was, you know, restricting my foods, exercising a lot. And it just like hit me like, that's my daughter's age. Horrible. That age I thought that was happening. So yes, it is tough. Yeah. It's
0: it's definitely tough. And I also have an eleven year old uh in middle school who just started okay. sixth grade. <laughs> and so you know, um, and he—he's a boy, but I mean, he still has had you know body image issues, and people make comments about his body and right. and how he's like quote unquote thick because he's you know kind of gaining that adolescent. And I'm like, okay, can we just stop? Right. Can we just like not make comments about his body because it literally doesn't matter. And he's about his body's about to go through so many changes. And so we don't need to make him insecure about how he looks and compare. I mean, it's just like, why do we continue to focus on what we look like? Exactly.
1: Yes. You do have some very helpful freebies. Um, Would you like Mm -hmm. to talk about those? Yes. So I have a five-day body image
0: challenge. So Speaking of body image, um, that's kind of where – um, a lot of people struggle and I also am in booking some consultation calls. So if you're interested in doing coaching and you're just like, Yes, I need help with body image and I need help with my relationship with food and I have anxiety and I just don't know how to handle all of these things. Um you can book a free consultation call.
1: That's awesome. Um I was also looking at your website and with uh blog articles and there was one that kind of really just spoke to me and it was five ways to regulate regulate your emotions and then another one said i had a meltdown and we ca- <laughs> how we feel during the day really affects what we eat <laughs> so mm-hmm. share a little bit more about those couple of topics yeah so i think emotion regulation
0: is one of those things that we are not taught in school and we should be and i feel like we're definitely on a better awareness track of mental health and emotional well-being um you know as we've moved into the 2020s and after the pandemic and all of that kind of stuff and i think a lot of times when we feel so unwell in our emotions and and one um one example that i will give is when people come to me and they say i just feel fat I'm like, well, what does that even mean? How do you feel? Like, how, fat is not a feeling, that's not a way to describe your emotion, mm-hmm. right? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling like burdened? And so, it feels like heaviness on your body. Um, are you not sleeping well, right? Like, there's so many different things that we can tend to, um, when it comes to our mental, emotional, and physical well being, and so the emotion regulation piece I think is so important. So we can really identify what it is that we're feeling and what it is that we're needing. I think a lot of times we categorize our emotions as like, well, I'm either like happy or I'm sad or like I'm anxious. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot more emotions than just like happy, sad, and anxious. And sometimes we're, you know, our sadness is more pinged from like our disappointment or our insecurities or our self-worth or, you know, all these different things. And so, Um, understanding emotions, I think is such a big piece. And I think it's when we feel like we aren't in control of our emotions, because feeling disappointment and insecure is kind of an achy feeling, we don't like that. Um, We start to look outside of ourselves to control things. And a lot of that is food and our body and trying to control other people's perceptions of us. But it's at the cost of ourselves, right? Because then we're kind of not being our true authentic selves. And it's and we still either show up feeling like imposter syndrome or like people don't know the real me or I have to continue to hide behind, you know, the show that I put on or like this performance almost. Um, and that can cause a lot of shame and just overall disconnect from ourselves. I forgot the second part of your question.
1: Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, that was the, the emotion, regulate em- emotion. And then the other one was I had a meltdown. Oh, I had
0: a meltdown. <laughs> I think so, I mean, this, this goes back to showing up authentically and be a- being able to just like show up as you are and like keeping it real. Um, I think I have like a highlight on my Instagram where, like, oh, We're like yes. we're going to like keep it real here. You know, I am just as human as you. I am not, you know, I don't have it all together all of the time. I'm not perfect. Like I still have my own struggles. Um, and emotionally, I, I want to say that I probably wrote that blog postpartum it sounds like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my youngest is, a, is almost 18 months. Okay. And so postpartum was rough because I wasn't sleeping. You know, I mean, it's just, Ugh. it's hard. It's just, it's hard when you're a parent and you're juggling parenthood and then also work and then you have another kid, you know? So um, I think at some point, <laughs> I don't know the date of that post, but at some point I had a breakdown. I was just like, oh my gosh, I am so overwhelmed. I can't do this. I need help. Um, and I think that when when we accept that or like if I can model that and say, you know what, like it's okay. like It's okay to be in this space that doesn't look pretty and it's not glamorous. And I'm not like, look at all, like I'm a counselor and I just use all my skills all the time. You know what I mean? Like right. that's not real. Right. We have to show up as we are. And I think that the more people do that, the more other people are going to do it you know, and it's going to kind of create, again, just like that safe space. Come as you are. Just show up. You know, you don't have to, like, pretend to be somebody that you're not or hide behind all these things of, like, who you think you should be and how you think you should be, and it's exhausting.
1: It is. It really is exhausting to to stay on the standard and keeping up with the Joneses type aspect of it. And even 16 years after you have that baby, the stress of – dealing with teenagers uh hit me this week and so um i kind of just leaned into the emotional eating and realized it was a phase it's going to pass and tried to do as much self-care as possible so i don't know if that was proper uh from from your aspect as a professional um but i knew it was just just a phase and it will we'll get over it
0: yeah, and sometimes I think, you know, we look at food as, like, oh, we can't emotionally eat, and, like, it's such a bad thing, but it's, like, you know what? Like, there are times when I just want to, like, sit in bed and, like, watch movies all day, and I'm never, like, ah, I binge rested or, like, oh my, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, you know, sometimes you just have to, like, use the skills that you have, and you can use food. I wouldn't suggest that as the only coping mechanism, right? Um, but when we start to judge ourselves for – how we've dealt with things like when we know better, we do better. Right. And we mm-hmm. can be more aware. And so again, it kind of goes back to like meeting yourself for where you are with compassion instead right. of like beating yourself up. Right. Exactly.
1: Um, popular reels or posts uh, from your feed.
0: Let's see, my most recent one I think said, "You don't. What it? What was it? Um, you don't get a reward for being the most burnt out." Okay,
1: <laughs> that's gone that through my head big... of like I should. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that's-
0: that that's a big one. I feel like a lot of people resonated with that because we don't realize how much we're driving ourselves into the ground until we're like already reaching the point of burnout. Um, I would also say there's one about weighing yourself (laughs) questions to ask before you weigh yourself, right? Why are you weighing yourself every morning or multiple times a day? Um, and a lot of times people will check their weight. And I have clients that have weighed themselves like six, seven times a day. And I'm like, what are you looking for?
1: Uh-huh. You
0: know, like, what? what's your point? What, like, what's the purpose of this? And I'm like, well, just to check, just to see. And I'm like, see what, right. right? See what, what are you looking for? Um, and even like the daily weighers or the weekly weighers, or the monthly, I'm like, what are you looking for? And like, well, just to see if I'm on track. And I'm like, well, what if you can look back inside of yourself, you know, to find the answers and to guide you and kind of more of like the intuition piece of it, right? Um, you know, there's so many different things that you can connect with. I do a lot of values work as well. So I'm like, where are you feeling off and why? And what are steps that you can take to make you feel more connected to yourself that's not stepping on a scale or measuring your food or counting on okay i had x amount of calories today so i'm doing good and i'm like that's not an indicator of you doing well or like being healthy
1: right i love hearing that that's a a great insight to to measure yourself and keep keeping it real for sure Uh, where can people find and connect with you
0: I'm most active on my Instagram um, at Alyssa Booth underscore LPC. Um, I do check my DMs, So if you send me a message, I will see it. You can also go to my website, Um, I probably need to update it, but it does have most of my updated information there. Um, and you can send me a message through my website as well through the contact form there. Um, but those are really the places that I'm most active.
1: And just out of curiosity, what kind of speaking engagements do you do? Uh,
0: okay, so I was really busy this last month with speaking. Okay. Um, I did a mental health awareness day at a women's co-working space. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really great. That was actually last week. Um, I did a group, um, at it's called Rooted Birth, and it's a group of doulas, but they have Um, postpartum support groups for moms, and so I spoke to those women there, and it was really great, and then um, I was hired to do um, a four-part presentation series at a private school um, in San Antonio, so I've done three out of the four presentations. I go back to talk to faculty and staff on Monday, and so I did two presentations with the students, one presentation with the parents, and then I'll um, meet with faculty and staff on Monday. Oh so my. I'm kind of all over the place, like all over the gosh. place, but in, in a good way. I think it's so fun. I've done um, CEUs. I've spoken. Uh, I'm a member of the um, IADEP. What is it? International Eating Disorder. Oh, my gosh. What is it? International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals. Okay. okay. I would say IADEP. So when someone's like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Um, yeah. So I've done, I did a CEU there um earlier this year so yeah just kind of different places
1: are people just mind blown when you come to bring up these issues and speak i think it's just getting that conversation started because it's it's all been i think in our head it just hasn't been talked about
0: yes whenever um so when i spoke at the um world mental health day at the coast base. Um, I think that a lot of women were just so appreciative of starting that conversation being like, yeah, like I really do need some help. I'm like, yeah, like, let's get you some help, you know, and just that invitation in that invitation. It's okay. If you need help, like we all need help and support. I think we could all benefit from therapy. We could all benefit from support from a community, from a group. Um, I recently just went on a retreat literally this past weekend for myself to kind of pour back into myself. So like, again, I'm not exempt from any, like no one is exempt from this. And so I think when people hear like, Hey, this is real. So they get validated in their struggle and they're met with compassion and understanding. And then there's that invitation. I think it's a relief. It's like, okay, I'm not crazy. Right. I'm not the only one, I, you know, other people struggle, too. I feel seen. I feel heard. Um, and I think that's what we all want. Right. Any other last takeaways? Um, I don't think so. I think we talked about a lot of things. Um, I, I really like to dig into shame. That's probably one of my favorite topics. Um, I think shame really holds us back from a lot of things, um, from being ourselves. And I think we don't realize how much our outward behavior is influenced by that inner shame spiral. So I think just kind of unpacking that is also when I don't know when I say shame, people are like, oh, um, but it's such a powerful, powerful space mm-hmm. to explore and be in.
1: What are some of the aha moments that from your clients uh, regarding the shame? Ah.
0: So okay, let me think of recently,
1: um, how we
0: present ourselves. Uh, I think that when we are living in shame, we are, I won't say desperate because I don't, I don't feel like it's like a negative thing, that we crave, I will say we crave validation and reinforcement almost at any cost, right? So we start to really deny who we are and don't speak up about our own needs because we're afraid that the other person might reject us or judge us, or we're disconnected from them. And so we don't set boundaries. It can impact like our boundaries. It can impact, you know, you identify as like a people pleaser, um, you know, that kind of thing too. So a lot of that is really rooted in shame, is that we don't want to be disconnected from other people. And so we, kind of mold ourselves into who we think other people want us to be.
1: Yes. Um, Extremely powerful. And I think you bring light to things that people pass by. And thank you for sharing your information here. And I just, I love, like, when you were telling me that you spoke here and there, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, you're connecting with so many people in person and just sparking that interest and that conversation and bringing education to this topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I mean, <laughs> I was telling my husband, I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to like 126 <laughs> students. He was like, that is my liberal worst fear. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do that. I was like, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it actually gives me energy. Um, and the first The first session that I had with them, they were all kind of quiet, but then when I went back again, they were really interacting with me and talking to me, and I could tell that their wheels were turning, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was just, that was such a great experience.
1: Well, that is amazing. We appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, and we'll uh, list all the information, ways to connect with you in show notes from freebies to Instagram and your website, and again, we... uh, Really appreciate you sharing your message here. Thank you so much. I loved hearing Alyssa's mission as she is touching so many people to have a better relationship with food and body by deleting that shame and anxiety and really just starting the conversation. I I love that first step. Our mission here is to help empower you to rewrite your story and reclaim your health and happiness. And Alyssa clearly follows this goal. So if you are not following her already, be sure to go and follow her. If you loved this episode, share with a friend and rate and review. I just wanna say thank you so much for listening. And I know I say that that every single episode, but from the bottom of my heart, this means so much to me um, that you are here supporting this podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week and thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.